and welcome to Koshi and Clinch. Actually, Koshi and Fang sounds better. <laughs> My name is Matt, and joining me today is a very special guest. It's Matt. It lived up to the hype, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for applauding my uh, my reference to this week's episode of Tiger Mask. Um, <laughs> I, I won't lie; I was very confused by what you were doing there. There was a part of me that was thinking, "Do we need to restart the episode?" <laughs> yeah, we uh, we still might, but uh, we won't. <laughs> so it is the eleventh week of the spring anime season. We're covering all sports anime from June eleventh to June seventeenth. Uh, one quick announcement before we get started. Uh, despite the name of this episode, which I think is episode 38, um, <laughs> this is the 50th episode. It is our 50th upload, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, because we do series reviews as well, so this is our 38th weekly episode, but right. um, our 50th episode overall. We're not going to, you know, we'll take some more time at the end of the season to... Um, reflect a little bit but uh, right i just want to say it's you know we're still surprised that we've been able to do 50 uh we're looking forward to doing 50 right and then yeah you know the fact that we've been able to do it pretty consistently like i don't think we ever thought we would really be able to do it we probably thought we were going to give up probably after the first season but hey we're still going yeah so there you go yeah cool well uh do we have anything else i mean i think we're gonna talk about anime well, I, you know what I meant. Did we have any other announcements? <laughs> no. Never mind. I'm going to talk about Yamamushi Paddle if you're cool okay. with it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm stuck with it whether I'm cool with it or not. So. <laughs> okay. So we are covering episode 23 this week. Uh, in this episode, Anoda is left to the back of the pack. Uh, he manages to catch up uh, to Kyoto Fushima, uh, which is the team of Mitosuji. He and Mitosuji try and uh, arrange a deal where they pull each other to the front and uh, Anoda ruminates on this for a little bit. Uh, he declines, and uh, he manages to catch up to Sohoku. Uh, they inform him that Teshima told him that he could only be uh, if he was three and a half minutes behind. He would be able to. He should try and catch up to them. Uh, he is actually four and a half minutes behind, so uh, he's gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And nobody seems to have any issue with this. And then the episode ends. Right. So, yeah, uh, not a whole lot going on this episode. Well, yeah, we keep saying that, but that's, you know, at, at this point, we, we it almost doesn't deserve comment because we know Yaopeta Yo, spreads out its plot <laughs> as not thin wrong. as possible. Um, <laughs> the, the one upside is, you know, we never actually saw Mitsuji do anything in the race yet. We still haven't really seen him do anything, but at least we got to see him. Right. Uh, he did a little bit. This was at least something, though I'm not entirely sure why he just sort of let Anoda pass after he was trying to keep him from passing through. Like, I, I was kind of glad to see him at least have a bit more of a plan, because if you recall, as I was watching the episode, I messaged you being like, hey, why does he care about this, uh, about, like, any of this? Why does he care whether or not Anoda lets him pass? He himself, by his own admission, does not care about this stuff. But... I was glad at the very least to see that there was a point to it, uh, which was, you know, the, the entire point was just so he could get he could get up to the front so he wouldn't get so exhausted mm -hmm. uh, like he did last year so that he could then go ahead and take the finish line, which is right. the only one that actually does matter. 
Right. Uh, so uh, I think as you mentioned earlier, it's like at the very least, it's worth. It's nice that he was at least using his head. Yeah, I mean, unlike Onoda, Midosuji focuses on you know his strategic plans for victory, uh, right. whereas Onoda just pedals hard. Um, what what did what were your thoughts on the reappearance of the Hime Hime theme song? I was actually okay with it. It was always one of the funnier gags, I think, from the original series, and mm-hmm. they and they've actually been pretty they've been pretty good about not beating that joke into the ground this season. I agree. Uh, the the only the only reason I didn't like it was that there was you know everybody was commenting like. Oh, is this his Hime song? When he sings this song, he goes. Su- he's even faster than ever. Like as if it's a real superpower. Right. Um, and that combined with the fact that Anoda has to narrate about how the second season of the show just started, so he has a new theme song to sing, which is even more powerful. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's like he's going Super Saiyan level 2. Right, um, so the, the new, new song gives yeah. him new power. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I thought that was, again, this show is silly, obviously, but I don't know. I, I, I just Maybe sort of... if it was done a little bit more as a joke... Mm-hmm. It would have worked a little bit, but it was like... Yeah, this was Onoda kind of like, was looking straight-faced. He's like, I have a more powerful song now because there's a new season of my favorite anime. Right, and it's like, is this really like a technique he uses? Because this was always just sort of like a... So in the first season, this was always just sort of used as like a small gag just to be like... Uh, you know, this is, like, he's so used to it that this kind of helps him get back into his rhythm, and you get, it's like, this isn't, like, something that was ever terrifying for people. This was something that they kind of gave confused looks about, like, uh, really? Now, I think you would still build on that joke a little bit more by having, it's like, oh no, they're using, he's using his secret technique! Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, this, it's kind of built from, uh, the last season, but no, this is like, no, this is like... It's like, oh, this was supposed to be kind of, like, a bit of a hype moment, almost? Like, ah, he's using his most powerful technique, the singing about his weird anime song. Yeah. Uh, And I I guess I can kind of see where you're coming from. Do you want to know my favorite line from this episode? Please. Uh, It was when Onoda caught up to Kyoto Fushimi, and Midasuji is remarking about how Onoda fell behind and had to try and catch up, and he looks at him and he says... Something similar happened last year, didn't it? <laughs> Which, to me, could just be the subtitle of this entire show. <laughs> it's like, hey, this is oddly familiar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, Midosuji is the only person who's aware. He's like, why is all the same stuff happening? <laughs> I kind of got a kick as well out of Midosuji, uh... With uh, Nobu, like, trying to talk about how good he was, and Midosuji was like, fall back in line. Yeah. Like, I am not gonna put up with your, like, bragging crap. He's like, just because it's the inner high doesn't mean you get to talk. I'm right. the only one who gets to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what did you think about the whole thing with uh, Yamaguchi? So, Yamaguchi was their uh, third year sprinter on, the t- on Kyoto Fukushima. Uh-huh. And uh, apparently he's supposed to serve as Mito Suji's conscious? C- conscience. 
Yeah, conscience. Yeah. Um, well, at least that's that's what he was assigned to do by Ishigaki. So right. Ishigaki was the old captain <coughs> on Kido Fushima, if you if you remember. He was yeah. He used to lead the team, but then when Midosuji showed up, Midosuji sort of took control. Um, and Ishigaki told him like, "Hey, Midosuji has potential, but he needs someone to tell him right from wrong." <laughs> um, right. Which you know fits. Uh, and yeah, I, I think. I, I think it's okay. I like it in the fact that there's more character, you know, there's more characters that are trying to make Medosuji more human. Um, I think it's also interesting to see why certain characters stay on this team right. when clearly Medosuji is a very difficult person to work with. Right. Uh, so I mean, I I am a little bit honestly, I'm more interested to see. Yamaguchi's motivations than Ono does. Or right. really anyone on Sohoku. <laughs> I, I just find Sohoku completely uninteresting. But Which, Kyoto Fushima, like, I'd love to know their, more about their backstory and motivation. Right, well, because they're the only ones who... Because that's something we've talked about in the past, is that Sohoku and Hakone are effectively the same team. Like, they try and make it seem like Hakone is supposed to be, like the returning champions, like, this dominating force that's so detached from anything that they only care about winning. Uh, whereas, you know, Sohoku, like, believes in the ride and friends, but it's like, they don't really do anything that differently. At least Kyoto Fushima has a different strategy and a different philosophy. Yeah. I, I guess my concern with the whole thing with Yamaguchi is that we really didn't see him doing much with the whole being his conscience thing. Yeah, I mean, clearly it's something he's going to have to figure out later. Right. I guess that was the point of this race, was that, you know, he saw that Anoda was able to resist uh, Midosuji's sweet deal, but, like, and, you know, was able to kind of follow with his, you know, his own strategy, but... Yeah. I, I, so I guess that's supposed to be the moment where we might see him being able to talk back more to Midosuji. Yeah, why do you think Midosuji had him chase Onoda, though? Yeah, that's the part I don't get, because it's like, Nobu would have been the one to choose, I would have thought. Yeah, unless, I mean, clearly there's a reason Mitsuji didn't really care about Onoda being blocked. Like, right. that's the thing. So, at that point, it wasn't about blocking Onoda, because if Onoda wasn't going to help him get to the front, he didn't really care whether Onoda won the mountain stage or not. Right. Um. So, the only thing that mattered to him was getting something out of it for his team, so... Clearly, he told Yamaguchi to do it, even though Yamaguchi's not a climber. For some something to do, he wanted to teach Yamaguchi something. Right. I'm not sure exactly what Yamaguchi learned, though. <laughs> um, or it's like it did what he was what he learned what Mido Suji wanted, wanted him, him to learn. To? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying like he needs to learn what Mido Suji would have. No, be, like wanted him to because no, that would have just made him. That would just make him fall into the same trap that every other single freaking cat character in the series does. And I do not need Mido Suji falling into Captain Sense, but yeah, um, like I, I guess it's just like I am a little interested to see like how that's going to differ from like what Mido Suji's. Plan yeah. was. What what do you think that Yamaguchi learned? Because the one line I wrote down during that chase is, uh, he's Yamaguchi's remarking on Onoda. He says, "He smells like a man of the shadows, like me." <laughs> um, 
And then Yamaguchi reflects that, you know, he appreciates Onoda's aura. Right. So I, I guess the whole thing about Onoda is that, like, he doesn't really have... He doesn't have a lot of presence mm-hmm. for, like, what a champion should have. Yeah, it's like Kuroko's basketball. <sighs> Sorry. That's, an, yeah, that's no, for another we're gonna, time. We're gonna, co- we're gonna cover that one here soon. We uh, I just finished it uh, just sort of off the cuff here. I finished it. We're probably gonna be covering that here shortly. Anyway... We will get to that one when we get there. Yeah. But I, I, I guess the whole thing is though is that it, it's like he's seeing like I like somebody without a lot just because somebody doesn't have a lot of presence doesn't mean that they can't like act for themselves. Yeah, I just it it's just weird to me. I don't I don't see why Medosiji would want him to learn that because Medosiji would want him to learn only that you know he's a perfect Zaku who only follows orders. Right. Um, but I don't know. So. Hopefully that'll actually get fleshed out and it's not just random. Um, the, the last thing from this episode that I think we need to remark on before we move on is uh, when Onoda does catch up. And it's like you said in the summary, Imaizumi tells him, Hey, Teshima told us if it's less than three and a half minutes, uh, then we can send you forward and you can close the gap. But it's been four and a half minutes since he left, so you won't be able to catch him. Um, right. But do you want to try anyway? And Anada <coughs> just says yes. And then they all say, we'll support you by explicitly ignoring the <laughs> captain's directions. <laughs> and why do I have a feeling that was all part of Teshima's plan anyway? Oh gosh, I hope not. <laughs> it's like, he's probably going to ignore my orders anyway, which means he will catch up and we will have a glorious race somehow. Yeah, because that'll give the extra motivation he needs to catch up exactly at the right time. Or yeah, no. I, I don't know. I don't. I kind of hope not. Slash, don't think so because Teshima legitimately did not plan on Onoda falling back. Right, that is true. So I, I'm hoping maybe this will plan a little bit. Uh, a little bit more character drama here. Like maybe he. It's like Teshima you know, has to kind of come to grips with, like, okay, I am not able to control my team. Like, mm. my team is not listening to what I am saying, and this might be a bit of a problem. I Unfortunately, so. I, I would hope I doubt so. it. There's I no way they're going to do that at the end of this season. Right. You know, have it be on this tenuous note where you're not sure if the team is really able to work together or not. Right. But then again, you know, that would make a good cliffhanger for, you know, going back to for, uh... You know, to kind of bring people back into the next season, but I don't know. I'm just not sure this show has the courage to do that. You're probably right about that as well. Yeah. Um, one, uh, sorry, I know you said that was the last thing. There was one minor thing I wanted to bring up, which kind of got a laugh out of me, which was, uh, so as Anoda's getting through the pack, like, the, the first part of the pack, you know, tries to keep him back, but then after he gets that part, yeah. he gets to another part... And he's going to try and burst through. And, uh, what, like, a bunch of the guys like, okay, well, we need to stop him. And then there was one guy who was like, no, stop. Cycling's a gentleman's sport. We should honor his passion to try and get back to the front. Yeah, exactly. We respect the number one tag. Right. Which so I they just, just part. Out. They just part in the middle and let him go. <laughs> which, I don't know, I just got to kick out of because I just, I'm just imagining the author being like, I don't want to have to write any more situations for Odin to get... Just let him get through to this yeah, point yeah, so I yeah. can get Fushima. <laughs> yeah. Which, I don't know, I, I thought it was a little lazy. On, on the other hand, though, it did make a little sense, but... I don't know. It felt a little lazy to me, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just funny that, like, 
all these random teams, half of them would want to would assign a specific person to block Onida, and the other half would like be fanboys of him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like just watching him race just like gives me fills me with passion too. And it's like, okay, guys, come on. Yeah. All right. All right. We know Onida's everyone's fantasy boy. Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of fantastic boys, uh, Tiger Mask episode thirty six. Oh boy. Accord. Uh, <laughs> the focus on this episode is the fourth match, and it's a two-on-two tag match. Uh, NJPW decides to have uh, Tiger the Dark and Tiger Mask fight it because they want to save Okada's strength for the fifth match. Um, they are able, ultimately, to defeat Tiger uh, the Great the Third and Big Tiger the Second. Uh, but in the process, Naoto gets his mask torn off by Tiger the Great the Third, uh, exposing his face, and <coughs> now Rory knows it was Naoto all along, and everything makes a little bit more sense. Um, ultimately, uh, Takuma is able to win the match by using his new killer move, Crossbow, on both uh, Tiger the Great the Third and Big Tiger the Second. Um... And so by, by, the, by the end of the match, they're able to get the pin. And then so for the fifth match, they want to... Uh, GWM uh, decides that they're going to save uh, Tiger the Great the Third's strength. So they send Miracle One out to fight Okada. Uh, and Miracle One starts off the match by spitting green paint in <laughs> Okada's eyes. And that's where it ends. Yeah! There we go. Uh, real... Uh... Real uplifting uh, ending there, but real confusing ending, really. Mm-hmm. Like, where did they get the paint from? Like, it came, it came just so completely out of nowhere. Yeah, and how did he just like keep? I, I don't know. I guess that's a thing, but I, or, I don't know how you keep green paint in your mouth and like. I, I mean, maybe I haven't practiced enough, right? But I guess that's a move in wrestling. Yeah. Again, our lack of exposure to pro wrestling really hampers our ability to to infer as to what's normal. Right. And it's like... Like, we have never seen anything like this in Tiger Mask before is the other thing. Like, just getting rid of, like, the whole, uh, like, what is wrestling-like thing. Mm-hmm. Like, just, they haven't established it as a part of yeah. the show. It's abnormal for the show itself, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of the issue. Hmm. Um, but barring that, uh, so what did you think about Takuma in this episode? Well, I guess it started with when they were trying to select who was going to be on the team, and Ryu, and he was arguing that, that Takuma shouldn't be on the team because his moves were stale, and he said, no, my body is remembering, <laughs> you know, my, my body is remembering how to fight. That's what he says. And everyone's just like, well, that's good enough for me. <laughs> and I mean, he was right because Tiger Mask kind of makes a fool of himself. Um, right. Gets his mask torn off, literally torn in two. Uh, and then Takuma is able to take down both opponents with the same move, which is the crossbow, in which he basically leans crouches down and then jumps up with his arms crossed and hits them in the chin right 
Which I don't know. It, somehow that doesn't feel like it's. It was animated in a kind of a cool way, but it doesn't really feel like a killer move. Like, yeah, that just sort of feels like an attack, and like it, like that's the move that takes down like Tiger the Great the Third. Yeah. Um. The only thing. The only thing I've been able to think of is that you know I'm not really following the Tiger Mask fandom at all. I don't really know uh-huh. what's going on with that. You think I, it's I, a real move? <laughs> oh, I have no idea if it's a real move or not. It could oh. be a real move. Uh, what I was just going to say, though, is that I, I kind of get the impression that as the series has been going along, uh, it's become more evidently clear to the production team that ti- that Tiger the Dark has been more popular than Tiger Mask. Yeah, because he has a personality? Yeah, I mean, kind of, a little bit. So I, I kind of get the sense that this season they've been doing what they can to make him more the focus, because... This entire season has been about how garbage of a character Tiger Mask has been. Uh, the fact that he, like, this entire episode, you know, the whole thing was that Tiger Mask was fighting Tiger the Great the Third, and he was kind of losing his cool. Mm-hmm. Like, the entire match. Like, oh no, you know, it's like, he can't You gotta bring down. in cool guy Takuma. Right, but it's like, why have their places switched? Like, I feel like this is the sort of thing that Tiger Mask should be doing for Takuma. Right. Like, getting him to calm down and be like, okay, you need to cool down. Let me show you how a hero does this. But no, here's Tiger Mask, like, oh, I'm so mad at Tiger Ma- at like Tiger the Great the Third. And then Takuma comes in and is like, I got this, buddy. And he beats both of them. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. On top of that, Naoto's killer move doesn't work because, like we predicted, uh, they already saw it. So, <laughs> right. uh, you know, uh, Tiger the Great the Third just says, um... Once you know how the move works, it's pretty easy to mess it up. <laughs> and so he messes it up. Right. Whereas Takuma's is apparently invincible. Yeah, and that's what I... I mean, again, I think Tiger, Takuma also has the benefit of nobody's seen it before. But well, yeah, but like, he uses it twice in a row is what I'm saying. Right, right. And it's equally effective. It's equally effective and it takes... And it's literally what wins them the match. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, I, I kind of get the sense that there's like some form, there's like some executive meddling, because you know, this show is not exactly like a high budget show. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not like, this is something that they are probably animating week to week, that, because that does happen sometimes with anime, they mm-hmm. do anime. Uh, and I kind of get the sense that this is the sort of, like, there was a lot of executive meddling going on here, it's like, well, uh, Takuma merchandise is selling way more than the Tiger Mask stuff, uh. Like let's focus more on him this season because they, you know yeah. they don't. It's not as if though they have any source material to work with. So yeah. Um, I, I so know. what do you, what do you think of Naoto's exposure to the world? Uh, that was the one interesting part of the episode, but uh-huh. we don't see the ramifications of that, which is a little bit yeah irritating. at all. The only ramification we saw was Ruri saying. Well, a lot of stuff makes more sense now. <laughs> and it's like, and that's it. It's like, so are you gonna like? Weren't you? Did you have something going on with Naoto the wrestler? But you always kind of like idolized uh, Tiger Mask. And I guess that doesn't matter anymore because now she's with Takuma anyway. Or but... is she? Because they they refuse to actually nail anything down. Right. Like I don't know that. Like, but that was the only one because it's like. The people at uh, NJWP... NJPW. Oh my gosh, Matt. It's it's been the same acronym for eight months. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay. I'm not mad. I know. But uh, at NJPW, uh, he... uh, 
like you know, Naoto has been interacting with them independently from how he interact uh, how he interacts with them as Tiger Mask. You know, like why don't we yeah. see any of those wrestlers being like, "Oh my God, you were Tiger Mask, you yeah. Naoto." But it's just like, okay, well now we got to figure out our next match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like nobody gives a crap who Naoto is. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. So, we'll see. Maybe there will be some ramifications next time. Uh, but, hey, we only have two episodes left of both of these shows, so let's get on with it. Um, yeah. One show that we have more than two episodes left of is Big Windup. Woo! Um, so, this week I did watch the correct episode, <laughs> um, which I'd all also actually watched last week. It's a Big Windup episode 11. Right. Um so the focus here is on the selection for the summer tournament, and it's pretty much the whole the whole episode is spent at this assembly hall uh, where all the different teams in their prefecture get together uh, to determine what the bracket will be for the summer tournament. Right. Uh, and the way that works is that the top teams from the year before get to they get spread out in different quadrants of the bracket so that none of them play each other in the first round. Uh, and then after that, all the other team captains come up and they pick a number randomly uh, and they randomly get assigned into a bracket. So the whole Nishiura team has come together in order to uh, witness that and see who they're going to play first. Right. Um, beforehand, uh, Mahashi goes to the bathroom and runs into Haruna. And uh, so Haruna recognizes, figures out who he is, that he plays with Abe. He talks down to Mahashi, but Mahashi can't understand that he's being talked down to, and he thinks Haruna's awesome. Um, and Abe separately reflects on how bad he wants to defeat Haruna, like he always does. Uh, ultimately, Hanai, the captain, uh, picks the number for their match, and they are playing Teso? No, uh, Tosei. Tosei. I got some of those sounds correct. They're playing <laughs> Tosei, uh, who won the tournament the previous year, uh, and they they decide that the only way they're going to be ready to play them is if they start practicing twice a day before school and after school. Right. Um, that's pretty much where the episode ends. Like, mm-hmm. uh, So one thing you mentioned there in the episode preview that I did want to comment about uh, was how Mihashi didn't realize he was being talked down to by Harna. Mm-hmm. I actually wasn't sure about that scene because, like, we are told, we are kind of, we kind of hear through Abe's mouth that he yeah. was being talked down to. And then Abe starts ruminating, like, how, like, how much, like, how, like, terrible Harna is. Like, you know, he's like, mm-hmm. it's like, we're going to go up against him. He's only going to pitch 80 games and you're just going to sit there and watch while pitches? we beat your team. What was that? You said he's going to pitch 80 games. Oh, 80, 80 pitches, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, you know what I meant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's going to sit there and he's just going to pitch his 80 pitches and then it's going to be like, and then he's just going to sit there and watch as we like beat his game. So I, I wasn't sure if, Ab, it, like, that was the only real indication that we got that uh, Haruna was talking down to Mihashi. So I'm not sure if that wasn't like just Abe projecting. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's possible. I, I did... I mean, I think there is part of Haruna where he really is... he He's not a bad guy, but right. he, he's also not, like, a pure and noble-hearted person, necessarily. He does fair. get fired up. And so when right. I... As I'm like... Yeah, he did notice how tiny 
Mahashi was. And so he probably was like, hey, well, you know, may the best team win. You know, he's he's sort of, he knows that's what you're supposed to say. Right. Um, but he's got to, on some level, be thinking, like, there's no way this kid can beat me. <laughs> right. Um, it's... So I don't, I don't know. I guess I, I kind fair. of agreed with Abe's interpretation on that one, but who knows? I, I don't know. I, I think Abe's a bit of an unreliable narrator. I think you are right that there is kind of an element of like, of kind of like this guy. Like he may have been. Con- I, I kind of get the sense that he may have been condescending to Mahashi without even like realizing it. Yeah, that may just be how his voice works, right? Like, or just like uh, you know, it's like you go up against somebody that you like. You you go up against like. I guess the best way I can put it is like if you're like in the same writing class, for example, uh-huh. and you're and you're working with somebody, uh, you know, you're kind of going over their work with them, like you do like a like a group edit or something like that. Oh and yeah, look, and you yeah. kind of see like how like that they're not very good, but you're kind of like trying to pick out the parts that are like, well, you know, this is really good, yeah, like yeah. stuff like, like that. Well, like, yeah, good for you. This was a solid intro or whatever. Right, exactly. You're not trying to be mean, you just can't not judge them. <laughs> right. Yeah, a little bit. And, and that's kind of the sense I got from uh, from Haruna, whereas Abe is just kind of like, he's still under this yeah, assumption that Abe Right, he's convinced changed. that everything Haruna says is passive-aggressive. and uh, Right, or like at least intentionally so. Right. Um, But, uh, so... I think the major, major thing that happened in this episode, of course, was... How they picked Tose uh, as the first team. Um, mm. What did you think of that? Well, I, I think it fits how this this show goes. You know, they don't really because they put so much attention on the games. They don't have throwaway games, um, right? So they wanted, you know, they want to spend a long time. I assume on this first game with Tose. So right. they they might as well make it the best team they can they can play, right? Uh, what I, I guess what I was trying to get at for this one, what I really loved about this was how the series was kind of setting them up to go up against uh, Musashina. Musashina. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like or Musashino. My bad. Yeah. Uh, and how you, it's like you know you get you're getting all this characterization of Haruna. Yeah, you you're seeing all- right beforehand. Of course, there's going to be a rivalry. Of course, Nish- like they're going to have a showdown between Haruna right. and Mahashi. Maybe it's not. Maybe that's not going to be like the their very first game. But you think that they're going to uh-huh. maybe go up against some like small team first. But their first like really big game is going to get ag- go up against Musashino. Uh, and they kind of, because it's like, Tose, you don't know anything about. All you know about Tose is that they kind of mention offhand, like, yeah, they're the team to beat this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's like, we get, like, no build-up to them whatsoever. Yeah, which, um, I, yeah, and I, I guess, now that you're saying it that way, I like that, too, because that's usually how these things work in real life. You know, you're so hyper-focused on one team, or you have a relationship with one team, uh, but then there's these other great competitors out there that you just show up and you have to deal with right yeah exactly like and the fact because it's like this is the sort of team that any other series like they would be kind of in the background and they would kind of build them up slowly over the course of the series like i guess for the best example i can think of is like in a haiku with shira torizawa mm-hmm. like they are mentioned like once or twice early on but you know they're not really the team that they're like that uh Karasuno is really, like, that worried about at first. You know, their big rivalry is with uh, Alba Jose, for mm-hmm. example, or with, like, Nakoma. You know, they're kind of building up those rivalries. 
Uh, so it's like, but yeah, this is this kind of felt like this was supposed to be like the moment where they kind of like name drop a big team, but they're not really going to get into it too much yet. But it's, you know, it's kind of like, it's planting that seed in your mind and you're like, oh my Lord, like they're going up against like the champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the first round. Yeah. In the first fun. round. Uh, and that's what, and I think that's what really, uh, gets me about it is just that, is just that, that, that kind of like that sort of build up and then that complete, uh, subverting of your expectations. Yeah. I also like from Tose's side where, Initially, they do what you'd think they do, and all all the upperclassmen are like, "Oh, can we just have the second string play? Because you know we don't need to waste the talents of our best players on this right. team full of freshmen. Uh, let's just relax because we've already won the first round. So you assume, oh, they're gonna lose because they're too arrogant. But right. it just totally it, it establishes says that's one way we could do this. But then the show says, but we're not going to, you know. <laughs> Uh, because the captain sort of looks at them and he's like, what are you talking about? Like, we can't underestimate anyone. Every match counts because it's single elimination. Uh, we're going to put our best team on the field. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, because he even mentions, like, you know, it's like, we thought that a couple years ago and we lost. Mm -hmm. Like, we are not going to underestimate this, like, unknown team, essentially. So it's like, so not really, so it's like. We know, because it's, like, the only way that they could get around that, like, in a, in a series like this generally, is, you know, that it's like, okay, so they're overly cocky, so they're going to put out their second string players, and then, you know, they're going to start, pound, they're, they're going to start, like, really beating them, and then there's going to be a moment where the old guard comes in, you know, where, like, the main players come in, uh-huh. and, you know, they're going to, like, do, and, you know, they're going to start, like, dominating the game, and then the real game is going to take place in, like, the last inning or two, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to be, like, all tied up, and then we kind of see how the series progresses, and, you know, they probably lose, but... Like, our, uh, that Karsuno with, or, Karsuno, uh, um, Nishiuro, yeah, yeah. Nishiuro would probably lose and, you know, have to come back for this next year, but it's, like, Big Windup is just, a, is, like, is so, um, it's so confident in its writing that you don't honestly know which way it's gonna go from here. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know if this... It's like... And what I like about that, too, with the whole thing with uh, Tose is that you know right now, it's like, yeah, this is not going to be an easy game. Uh-uh. Like, they are out, they are basically outright telling you, the viewer, we are not going to go easy on Nishiura. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I really liked this episode a lot. Yeah, it, it's good. It was a good setup, and I'm, I'm looking forward to... Uh... <laughs> seeing how seeing how they ramp this this first core and you know I I can't wait for that game. <laughs> I know. I I'm really excited to see how this game plays out. Like I, I have some vague vague memories, but I really don't remember much about I, it. I legitimately remember nothing. <laughs> oh well, good. <laughs> uh, one well, thing I do remember good. though is. Uh, this week's episodes of Encouragement of Climb. Oh, great. I remember those too. I'll go talk about them now. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like that transition, buddy? It is super smooth. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so we are covering episodes uh, 13 and 14. So the first episode is... Uh, so episode 13 is about... Uh, they are stargazing the three girls, Aoi, Hinata, Kakona. They're stargazing... Uh, 
And then they realize that there's too much light, so they want to go out into the forest, and Kakona thinks, hey, like, I, I really like Firefly. There's, like, a Firefly that flies by, and uh, Kakona's like, hey, let's go to this place I know of where there's a bunch of Fireflies. And apparently, uh, Hinata's cool with or always cool with it, Hinata is not, but they end up going anyway. Uh, the two girls have this me shared memory of the past where they got lost out in the mountains one time, and they uh, they were saved apparently by either a a firefly ghost or fairy, depending on who you talk to, and that which is why Hinata does not like it. They go out though uh, at night along with Kaede, uh, and it gets really dark again, and they start seeing the fireflies, and it's a lovely experience. At the end of the episode, you find out that it was actually Kakona was the one who saved them when they were kids, mm -hmm. uh, who dressed up as a firefly. Uh, second episode, uh, they go out to Mount uh, Kirigamine. Uh, Aoi's mother actually comes along for once, along with Hinata's father. Uh, this is a very different mountain play, uh, mountain than what they've normally gone to because it's a lot more open. Uh, and they're going up to see like a weather station. Uh, Aoi and Hinata have a remember that the first time they asked uh, Hinata's father about the first mountain they went to, and that was Mount Tanigawa. Uh, and then they decide that they want to go to Mount Tanigawa, like yeah. for their next trip. And that's kind of the episode. Um, these were an okay batch of episodes. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I think these this was probably about the weakest we've seen of the series, though. Yes, I agree. Okay, good. I was I wasn't sure. Um, I I thought the whole connecting the like uh, Kakona with their past was a little bit contrived. Oh, it was a lot bit contrived. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I didn't. I I only didn't mind it because I thought it was kind of cute that. Kakona had like a homemade firefly outfit with a light up butt. Like I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like there that, that is a little funny at the very least, but yeah, it's like the fact that Kakona actually was the one who saved them. It's like Yeah, and they all have this shared past. Yeah. Like she's right. younger than them. Yeah, why was a 4-year-old out walking by herself <laughs> in a firefly costume? Yeah. Uh and I, I guess I also don't understand how neither one of them understood that it was a little girl who saved them and not an adult. Yeah. Um, I mean, because, she's shorter than you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I kind of, I figured it was going to go something. I didn't think it was going to be Kakona. That was at least a legitimate twist for me. Um, But I, I don't know. I thought that was a little weird that they just didn't under... Because it's like, so apparently... They both seem to have this memory where uh, this firefly that saved them was, like, an adult-sized person. Uh, and they both, like, she saw, like, this horrifying, like, uh, Hinata saw this horrifying firefly man. And then uh, Aoi saw this, like, kind of beautiful, like, fairy-type figure. And it's like, but, and, you know, the, the major difference is that they were both, like, towering above her. And it's like, she's shorter than you. How could you guys... Ever, how could you not realize that? I don't know. I mean, there's there's limits to how you know four and five year olds interpret the world. I, I that um, is true. I get and that. I the the way I was thinking about it was if I think back to when I was a young kid, like you know kindergarten age, um, and when I <sighs> saw other kids I didn't know, sometimes right. even if they weren't actually older than me or actually bigger like i would just interpret them 
as being so mature and so big and so smart you know like i get i guess i would still see them as kids but you know i would see them as so totally different from me right because like oh that's a second grader oh my gosh i can't (laughs) even process how mature that person is you know um and so it might be that because they didn't know who coconut was and she was in this weird outfit so Maybe they just interpreted her as... But again, it's a stretch. Yeah, it's a little much. That and the fact that, like, she led them back, but then the other parents didn't see this person who led them back, or this child who led them back. Yeah, exactly. Did Coconut just, like, walk them nearby and say, like, there are your parents, go! You know? (laughs) Like, as if she actually were a guardian spirit. Um, Right. Like, and I don't know. It's just a little much for me to accept... Yeah, um, I, I I don't know how much how much thought it deserves to be honest. I guess that's fair. Uh, I I think the one major takeaway from this episode, otherwise, was that you saw Hinata like in a more dependent. Uh, it be it showed how she was a bit more dependent on Aoi than she's like let on. Yeah. Like, because it's always been that Aoi has sort of leaned on Hinata to kind of get her through things. And, you know, in this moment when Hinata was kind of scared, when the fireflies were sort of... Or when it got, like, really dark, she kind of, like, kind of grasped her hand and was like, please, just, I need some comfort. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, but at the same time, it's kind of like, we, we've seen this from these characters before. It's like It didn't okay, really do much that we needed. It, it no. didn't really evolve the relationship any more than what we've seen. No. Essentially. It what did... did evolve in the second episode was uh, they realized uh, what the, the mountain of their memories was. And right. I, I just basically laugh. I, I laughed at that because they've been referring to this since the first episode of the first season of like, oh, you know, we need to climb mountains so we can, together, we can find the mountain of our memories. And, and I always interpreted that like, oh, they're just going to keep, they're going to keep hiking in Japan until they both together realize what they, they they find the place that they had this memory of as kids and then for the first time they're like wait a second why don't we just ask dad <laughs> like, like they don't need to go on a quest they should just like right. ask an authority figure he's like oh yeah it was tanagawa yeah, and they're like they're like Thanks, and that's how they discover the mountain of their memories. Yeah, like, it, it I don't know really... what all. Yeah, what was the point of all the setup if literally See, I, they just had to ask Dad? I had a different interpretation of that. Like, I kind of didn't think that the that the mount. I, I had forgotten that that there was supposed to be some mystery behind it because it's not really referred to at all ever. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I guess I just didn't really see, like, why that was even a big deal in the first place, because I never really thought that as being a focus of the show. Oh, I totally did. Oh, well then. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I just never really felt that was, like, much of a, like, a focus, and I just sort of thought it was just sort of, like, a springboard to jump into, like, just them sort of going out and seeing the world. Well, I thought it was Uh, the closest thing to a like, a plot through line they had. See, because like, I, I kind of thought the whole Mount Fuji thing was really more the plot, I guess. Uh, was kind of, like, building up to see Mount Fuji for themselves, and how we've had this arc where, uh, uh, where Aoi fails, and now she has to kind of redeem herself, almost. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Um... It was fine. I guess we got to see some interaction with Aoi's mother and Hinata's dad, but I mean that. I mean, 
wasn't really. Did, much did of you anything. need to see that? Like, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really. I like. I thought they might have tried to do something interesting because it's like we've never seen like Hinata's or adults. Yeah, what was that? Show? We have we've hardly seen adults in this show, right? Um, and so it's like I don't know. Maybe they can have some insight. Like they could have had like I don't know, like a discussion about how their girls are growing up. You know, they're kind of lost to time, uh. like stuff like that. I, I don't know. Like they could. I felt like they could have done more with Aoi's mother in that scene than just like, oh, my little girl is growing up. Yeah. It's happy, but also sad. It's like, yeah. good, good insight, Mom. It's like, it's not a great insight. I, I think it's mainly just because I expect more from the show at this point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We're um, pretty deep into it. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, and, you know, it's like, you guys have done better with different characters like this. So, you know, it's like, you can, I think you guys, like, you can maybe kick it up a little bit more, you know? Right. Well, we'll just see if they can kick it up uh, in their... Their last ten episodes or so. Yeah. Um, I think that, that wraps us up, though, Matt. Oh, fantastic. Well. Uh, I appreciate your time. Thank and you. And I'll see you next week. Our logo design is by James Ratcliffe. The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Koshiencast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiencast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime. And until then, keep training.